Let's uh, begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for your word. Uh, thank you for bringing us here. Uh, I pray that uh, you would be glorified, that your spirit would be uh, with us, and that you would uh, teach us and instruct us, that we'd grow in the knowledge of you uh, through the revelation of your Son, uh, all the words and works that you gave to him to uh, perform uh, here on earth. Uh, we thank you for him and pray that uh, we'd grow in our hope and confidence and trust uh, in uh, the good news of your son and of, uh, of his kingdom. And uh, we thank you for uh, all of these things and pray in his name. Amen. All right, so last week we were taking a little detour from Genesis and we were back in uh, the Gospel of John because previously we had been looking at, at uh, in the Gospel of John that it obviously starts with themes uh, connecting all the way back to Genesis in the beginning. You know, there's a little, little clue for you. <laughs> uh, all the way back to Genesis, in the beginning was the word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, this one was in the beginning created. with God. Created. All things were created through Him. And apart from Him, uh, nothing uh, was made or came into being that has come into being. And so, universal positive, universal negative, uh, what was made through Him, everything, what was not made through Him, nothing. And so right there. Uh, that's why context is so important. Not just little grammatical details, but here you have uncreated creator, one through whom all things were made, and uh, apart from whom nothing was made. So he, the word... He, he was in the beginning. Davar. <laughs> the simple word davar yeah. means either thing or word. Yeah, yeah, it can be can be used for, uh, for both of those. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and so, uh, but here, with uh, the Greek text, uh, logos, uh, word, and it can be used in some some similar uh, sorts of ways. And then we were seeing how uh, these first few chapters, where you get into the testimony of John, John testifies of the light, uh, that uh, the the testimony of John, uh, the beginning of Jesus' ministry of uh, of the word, uh, begins uh, framed around. Uh, creation. Uh, and so you have six days, three days of preparation by uh, John uh, the Baptist uh, in preparing uh, the way uh, and heralding him. Uh, and then you have three days that follow is now uh, John kind of fades to the background and uh, that, that testimony begins to bear fruit as Jesus uh, begins his ministry. And so now you have uh, well, there are two disciples. Uh, one is uh, one is unnamed, uh, who's the apostle John, I believe, that you can infer if you read uh, the whole gospel. Um, and then you have uh, Andrew, Peter's brother, uh, and Andrew goes on the fourth day to his brother Peter, and whereas John the Baptist said uh, on the on the first day, "I am not the Christ. I am not the anointed." Uh, then Andrew says, we have found the anointed. Uh, and then with uh, day two, where now Jesus comes before John the Baptist, and he's baptized in the waters below, and the Spirit descends from heaven, like in creation, you have the separation of the waters below, uh, and the waters above, uh, and God named them heavens. And uh, then on so Jesus is now baptized in the waters and the Spirit descends from heaven uh, upon him. And of course, now he's, he's the eternal word um, made flesh who, who tabernacled among us. Uh, he took, took on a human nature and so uh, he, he is God uh, by uh, his very, uh, his very uh, eternal nature. Before Christ was here, and what, what in, in what his incarnation, baptism, what did baptism entail before 
the Christian era. Well, hold on to that thought for, for one moment. It's just a question. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. And so, then, now when he was conceived, you can read about like in Luke and Matthew and such, uh, he was conceived by the power of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And he, he was uh, filled by the Spirit. But now you have this public, uh, this public testimony uh, of the Father uh, and the Spirit coming down uh, is John... Uh, prepares the way and uh, heralds uh, the the one to come. And so now, uh, publicly, you see his anointing uh, as he begins uh, his ministry, uh, his full ministry uh, on earth. Mm -hmm. And then on day uh, five, uh, there are other connections and such, uh, but you have the, uh, Nathaniel says that, uh, you are uh, uh, the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus says, uh, do you believe, you know, because I said, I saw you under the fig tree. Uh, truly, truly, I say to you, uh, I'll just read it, so I have to can paraphrase it closely, see if my text will behave. Uh, and so it's, uh, Chapter 1, verse uh, 51. Well, 1551. Yep. Gospel of John. The Gospel according to John. And so, verse 50, Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened, and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Uh, can't go back into it, but we we're talking about uh, Derek. You, you made the connection, like to Jacob and such, right. and then you have like in Daniel, where you have the Son of Man uh, who comes with uh, his myriads and myriads of angels and such, and Yahweh uh, is depicted uh, as coming with with all of his angels uh, at, at different points, like in. Uh, in Deuteronomy, uh, you have the song that he gave uh, Moses to give to the people, and then you have the blessing of Moses, Deuteronomy 32, 33, uh, and it depicts uh, the Lord coming uh, with his uh, myriads of, uh, of uh, angels and uh, fiery spirits. And so here again, you have this vertical orientation of him baptized, the spirit coming down, uh, on day two, and then on day five, the angels of God ascending and descending on the uh, the Son of Man, uh, showing that uh, the God, uh, the Father, is uh, present and active uh, in uh, His uh, ministry uh, and in His uh, His work. And uh, but some of these things, even as He begins His ministry. Uh, and uh, the uh, the angels, uh, the really envoys, messengers uh, of Yahweh, uh, they were present with Jacob. So no matter uh, ministering on on God's behalf, uh, and so reporting to him, uh, carrying out uh, his decrees uh, and such uh, on the earth, and so uh, he was. Uh, active and present, uh, he said, I will be with you uh, to Jacob uh, and, and will, not, uh, will not leave him. Uh, and so he was present and active no matter what trials Jacob faced as he had to go out of the land, uh, no matter what hardships, uh, God uh, was present uh, and his, uh, his envoys, uh, his spiritual envoys uh, were uh, present uh, and active. Uh, you even see them like uh, as they approach Abraham and such other uh, different times or Sodom and Gomorrah. And then you have the envoy of Yahweh, uh, which we've spoken about uh, before, uh, where you see that one in very specific contexts will actually be connected uh, to, uh, to Yahweh uh, himself and will be identified as uh, and will receive even, uh, even sacrifices and worship. Uh, and so uh, you have the one who is Yahweh, but not all of them are. Uh, uh, and so 
you have like the, the high envoy who's the vice regent, uh, or not, not even that, but co-regent, uh, who's identified with Yahweh. But then you have other ministering spirits uh, and such uh, along the way. And then as you go into uh, day six uh, in chapter two, uh, and we've spoken about where you, you have the first day introduced, and then it says uh, in, on the next day, so day two, and on the next day, day three, and they stayed with him all that day, day four, and on the next day, day five, and then it says on the third day, uh, these, or there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus uh, was there. And so this is the third day from, uh, from after John the Baptist has prepared the way, and now he's uh, going out, uh, beginning his ministry with his disciples. And so now those disciples are, are even testifying of him. Uh, not, just, not just John the Baptist, but uh, Jesus himself is going out. He's calling disciples to himself. And uh, Andrew testifies to Peter. Uh, Jesus finds Philip, and Philip goes and testifies to Nathaniel and brings him back to Jesus. Uh, and this is something that you'll see as you keep reading uh, the Gospel of John, uh, this testimony uh, going out uh, from, I mean, even from the, the Lord himself, uh, but from John uh, is seen through uh, the words that the Father has given him uh, to speak, uh, the works that he has given him to do uh, as he uh, carries out uh, the, uh, the, the divine will and decree. Yeah. If I could, and I was just thinking about how he, when he said, I don't need man's, or he doesn't need man's testimony because he knows what's in man. Yeah. I remember he told his disciples what was going to happen, who he was. Yeah, Peter said, you know, he said, who do you think I am? And Peter said, you're the son of God. And Messiah said, uh, you know, this has been revealed to you by God. And then he strictly warned him and commanded him and said, don't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it was interesting how he said that, you know, until, really until... Pentecost kind of seems like is when they really started. Uh, they they weren't ready. Yeah, they, they, it wasn't it wasn't time, and so there's a concealing and a revealing. To you, it has been granted. To them, it has not. Yeah, uh, and so and we'll see some of that uh, tonight. But that, that's a very good point. In fact, it talks about. So here here you have the uncreated creator, uh, the eternal word becomes flesh and uh, in the prologue first 18 verses what does uh, John say uh, he, he says that uh, he came uh, into the world the world was made through him but they did not recognize him right. they didn't recognize their own creator <laughs> wow wow they didn't recognize him generally speaking uh, and he came to his own and by, by and large, the Judean people. And his own did not receive him. And so you, you have uh, the, the Gentiles, the peoples who didn't recognize him. You had his own people who, by and large, didn't receive him. But uh, to those who did uh, receive him, uh, he gave the right to become children of God who were born uh, not of uh, not of flesh, not of blood, uh, or not of the will of the flesh, not not of uh, blood, not of the will of man, but of God. Holy Spirit, born from God. He had, he had nothing to do with man uh, in and of himself. Uh, it wasn't a physical birth uh, that comes from the union of a man and a woman. Uh, and we'll see that tonight with Nicodemus. Uh, it wasn't just another physical birth. You know, they, they've already been born. They're, they're uh, on the earth, uh, but they're, they're sinners. And, and, uh, and you have the peoples that don't know God, uh, and uh, by and large, the Gentiles were left to themselves. Uh, and so it's not the, the will of man, not the will of the flesh, you know, not of blood, but of God. It's a divine uh, work uh, that we're he We're still in the same exact Society mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the Jews are still uh, largely unrepentant. Yeah, by and large, unaware but, of their Creator. But there's certainly there's certainly a remnant, isn't there? And that so many Jewish people are under such illusion. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're into all these weird systems. 
very similar to Roman Catholicism. Just all this mystical, magical, weird head, head games. Mm -hmm. you know? oh. That's that's where that's where we are. Apart from uh, apart from God's uh, God's work, right? Uh, whether whether Jew or Gentile, and and He always has His remnant, and the day is coming when uh, He's going to uh, to return uh, and descend uh, on the Mount of Olives and take uh, godliness away from Israel. Uh, and, and cleanse the, the people in, in the land. And then you'll have uh, the, uh, the greatest time, a uh, thousand years uh, of, of Israel's uh, faithfulness uh, and of making God known to all the world and to all the peoples uh, and all the nations. Uh, a thousand year reign. Yeah. And so, you know, if uh, we, we can't, we don't always see you know, the word, it's scattered, uh, the seed is, is scattered and sown. We don't always see the results of it. And so God, he has his people all over the earth. Uh, the, gospel, the, uh, the gospel spread uh, all over the earth from, the, uh, from uh, the, uh, the time of the Lord and his ascension. Uh, but uh, there, there's coming, coming a time, uh, I believe, biblically, of, of even uh, a greater harvest uh, to come. And so we're, we're just seeing the, the first fruits that are going to uh, continue to bear fruit. But looking at where he says that you see this, they didn't know him, uh, they rejected him. Uh, and then when you get to John's initial uh, testimony in verse 19, it opens up with, and this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, "Who are you?" Hmm. So, uh, when the the Jews are Judeans, in Greek it's uh, Judei, Judei, uh, and so it's it's word for uh, Judean because the people were identified after you had the fall of the Northern Kingdom, uh, and you had the tribe of Judah, uh, Judea, uh, in the region of Judea. Uh, then the the kingdom was was identified ever more closely with uh, Judea, and so uh, they'd be called uh, Judei, uh Judeans, uh, and so uh, the people were connected uh, with uh, uh, with the land uh, and with the the whole history uh, and with the uh, worship of uh, the one true living Creator, uh, Creator God, and so. Sometimes you'll have scholars that will use uh, instead, uh, for this time, like Second Temple uh, Judaism, uh, they'll use uh, Judeans, and then sometimes uh, they'll use uh, Jews as like a later term, uh, shortened form, uh, to, sometimes to talk more about uh, uh, rabbinic uh, Judaism as it was developing uh, more and more, uh, and already uh, developed so much. Uh, in the time of the Second Temple, Solomon's uh, Temple, and even the, the reconstruction and renovation of uh, Herod the Great, which we'll see tonight. But here it opens, uh, and this is the testimony of John, when, when the Jews and priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? So here, uh, they're coming, priests and Levites, you know, uh, so who serve uh, in the, the temple, uh, in, uh, serve uh, ministering uh, to God's uh, altar to, and the sacrifices and the altar, altar of incense You're from thinking, Jerusalem. Can you explain the difference between the job of the Kohanim and the Levites, the priests and Levites? Well, sometimes I think uh, they could be used a little more interchangeably sometimes, oh. just because the tribe of Levi included the priests. Uh, and so uh, through Kohath uh, and uh, you have uh, Amram, uh, Moses and Aaron's father, and then Aaron the high priest, and the, the high priestly lineage uh, was through, uh, through Aaron, uh, through his son Eliezer, Moses' nephew, uh, and through uh, Phinehas, to whom uh, God gave his everlasting uh, priestly covenant in Numbers. Uh, after he uh, avenged uh, God's wrath uh, when 
uh, the people and even a, a late leader uh, of the Israelites, uh, I think his elder son, uh, joined with the, some of the, the Moabite women, you know, the other women of the land. And so God gave his everlasting covenant to Phinehas, uh, who actually, uh, amazingly, uh, you see that Aaron, he married uh, a daughter of, oh, I'm trying, trying to remember, uh, I could look very quickly, although I don't want to get too, uh, too off track, uh, from uh, the tribe of Judah, uh, from uh, there's a line line with uh, with David uh, that you can read in Exodus uh, chapter uh, chapter. Let's see, it's around uh, the end of five six, and so let's see. Oh, here it is, here it is, uh, and so. Uh, here you have uh, Amram, uh, chapter Exodus 6, verse 20. Amram took as his wife, uh, Jochebed, or Jochebed, uh, his father's sister, and she bore him Aaron and Moses. The years of Amram being 137 years. And so she was a, a Levite. Uh, and I think as a half-sister, kind of like with Abraham and uh, Sarah. And then in verse 23, Aaron took as his wife, uh, Elisheva, Elisheva, uh, the daughter of Aminadav uh, and the sister of Nashon from the tribe of Judah. And that kind of becomes a royal line because that, the, the Davidic lineage flows through Later, Boaz, uh, it's through uh, Aminadav and Nashon. You can even read that like in the genealogies and uh, you can compare uh, Luke and Matthew, uh, which is quite amazing. And so here you have, you know, kind of the kingships through Judah and then you have this priestly line uh, and then you have this, uh, uh, this uh, elder in chief of the people and his, uh, and his son, Nashon, and so here you have kind of this royal pedigree uh, and lineage uh, for the, uh, the priesthood. Uh, and she bore him uh, Nadav, Abihu, Elazar, and Itamar. Uh, and then as you look at uh, Eliezer, Nadav and Abihu die. I think they were the, you know, the first and second, uh, they die. Uh, and then you have uh, Eliezer, Verse 25, Eliezer, Aaron's son, took as his wife one of the daughters of Putiel, and she bore him Phinehas. These are the heads of the father's houses of the Levites by their clans, from the daughters of Putiel. Uh, that language is used when they, uh, generally when they take foreign, foreign wives. And that's what Judah did. There's that's no, what Judah did. No, the, the, the line of the anointed uh, comes through uh, even uh, his relationship with uh, Tamar, who is There's of, of nowhere the else I've ever seen that name Pudiel. Yeah, and so uh, that's quite amazing. And so here, when it comes to Eliezer and his son Phinehas, he's of partial Gentile stock uh, in, in blood, but because he was zealous for his Lord. And he, he was zealous uh, for, for Yahweh. And he struck down uh, those who were rebelling against him. He made his everlasting priestly covenant with him. And so despite, despite what man does, and there you kind of see the hypocrisy of, uh, of Aaron and Miriam. Oh, Moses, you know, married this Cushite. You know, they're calling her. Well, what about what about your son, Aaron? What about what about uh, Eliezer? You know, he is taken from the daughters of Putiel, and you can read about that with some of the patriarchs uh, as you read through. Whether you're reading through with the genealogies of uh, like uh, Reuben, uh, Simeon, Levi, Judah, a number of them, they take they take foreign wives, uh, even even Canaanite uh, Canaanite wives. Well, in the final analysis, we all came from Noah. 
Yeah. The yep. Gentiles and the Jews. Yeah. But they certainly they certainly isn't anybody that's foreign. It's it's certainly looked down though when they marry those who are in unbelief uh, and worshiping false gods. Yeah, <laughs> that's well, that's that's a big no no. The need to look down on someone. And even the I mean that's the big separator. It's like they're to take priests uh, and kings, uh, the priest, the king, uh, prophet. They're supposed to come from among their brothers. And such, and so you, you see that throughout well, time. It shows that God, the, uh, God has to be faithful to preserve, to uphold it's his, not about his promises, despite despite what it's not about pedigree, as yes. Eric says. Yep. Oh yeah, you see that you see that throughout. Whether Tamar, uh, Rahab, but man keeps trying Rahab, to make it about pedigree, and uh, the to this day, and there there was there was an importance of. God made promise to Abraham's offspring. Uh, there is this uh, physical descent that's uh, that has an importance, but it is secondary to those who are of uh, the chosen, believing offspring who walk with God, well, who God's, fear Him. God who, is kind of being who showing him. us our own hypocrisy. You see that all the way back to the garden. You you see there are those. Yeah. Those who are the offspring of the serpent of evildoers, and those who who fear God, you know, by His grace, uh, and, and trust in Him. So let's get back to John. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, we won't, won't get very far. But then the uh, the Levites. So that that's the broader tribe, uh, and the uh, the Levites. Uh, you have the the different uh, clans of. Uh, there's uh, Kohath. Uh, there's Oh, am I going to forget them? Normally, normally I remember them. Uh, is it uh, Aram, uh, Kohath? Uh, now that's going to bother me. <laughs> well, well uh, maybe maybe uh, someone can go look at in numbers. Uh, it's around four, uh, maybe into five, and you can see the three. Of the three uh, clans of the, I think it's three of the, uh, the Levites, and so the Levites then uh, wouldn't, uh, couldn't, if they weren't of the priestly line, uh, if they weren't of uh, Kohath and then high priest Aaron and such, of the the priestly line, uh, the the high priests and the high priestly family, uh, they wouldn't uh, offer the sacrifice like on the, the Day of Atonement. Uh, the, the priests had certain things that they took care of, but then the Levites assisted them, uh, like with the burning of incense and, uh, and washings and, and other things that they, they had uh, uh, distinct responsibilities to uh, support and uh, the, the priests. And uh, God gave uh, to the, the priests, well, gave them the, the Levites and set them apart for service. Merari, Kohath, Merari, and what's the, if anyone wants to look that up. Numbers 25 might help. For clans of Levi? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for clans of Levi. Yeah, it's around Numbers 4 5 that they uh, give instructions for the, the Levites and counting. Maybe 3, 4, 5 uh, numbers. Otherwise, uh, we'll get back into to John. And so on the sixth day then, uh, in John, uh, he performs uh, the word who created all things, and apart from whom nothing was, uh, nothing was created. Uh, he performs a, a creative work uh, in the, the beginning of his ministry on the sixth day, uh, turning the, uh, six, uh, the six jars, uh, stone jars of water, uh, into wine and manifests his glory. And this was the beginning of his signs, uh, kind of echoing back to the, the creation account. So now you have this new beginning of his signs in his ministry, uh, his inner incarnation dwelling among us, manifesting his glory to his disciples. And uh, with the wedding, uh, you have connections with the, uh, the man and the woman. God united them uh, in, the, in the garden, uh, in, in marriage, uh, and he provided them 
with all the fruit-bearing uh, vegetation, the plants and trees uh, that bore fruit for them. And so now he performs uh, the turning water into wine, uh, which is also uh, it's the, kind of the first fruits, a foretaste of the, the kingdom uh, to come. But also uh, that draws through, like with the Passover, uh, the partaking, the drinking of the wine, uh, the drinking of the cup of his father's wrath, uh, and then later in the kingdom, uh, the, uh, the fullness of uh, the, uh, the, the Messianic feast and, uh, and all, all that's to, to come. And so uh, here he manifests his glory uh, to his disciples. And so uh, John 2, uh, and then going into verse uh, 10, 11, uh, and you have the master of the feast who says, uh, master of the feast said to the bridegroom, it, uh, called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. Uh, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine, but you have kept the good wine until now. <laughs> Thinks it comes from the, the bridegroom, but came from the true bridegroom. <laughs> you know, I don't mean that this guy wasn't a bridegroom getting married, but uh, I'm talking about Jesus as the, the, ultimate, uh, the ultimate bridegroom. Uh, to, to come and so uh, here he says it is good you know of the wine it is good that's that's his evaluation <coughs> he kind of here uh, echoes to creation again uh, and so then going into uh, concludes uh, verse 11 uh, this the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him after this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and they stayed there a few days. Uh, the Passover of the Jews was at hand. And so now we have an uh, introduction of uh, uh, new, uh, new uh, events, new situation is introduced. And so now after the sixth day, it introduces a, a seventh-day Sabbath feast. Uh, John, uh, you have the Sabbath feast that follows shortly after, uh, and John frames it uh, following uh, these uh, six days beginning his ministry, some days past, and now you have a, a Sabbath feast. Uh, and there's a similar thing happens where you have six days pass in uh, with the, starting with the Samaritan woman, uh, John 4, 5, uh, and then he performs a miracle. He heals a man's son on the fifth day, uh, the man learns about it on the sixth day from his disciples. Uh, and then it follows into, uh, he goes uh, up to Jerusalem uh, for, uh, for uh, a feast of the Jews. And again, you have a big discourse there uh, and such. And so uh, these are certain connections that John, uh, John makes uh, throughout his, his gospel. Yeah? yeah, I was just wondering, so if he imitates the Genesis account in the New Testament, why would he do that? Mm -hmm. Just curious. What do you think? Well, it also there, there are also connections uh, more that we, we can make in the future. We'll be talking about some of these as we get more into uh, the Genesis account. There are also connections uh, to the the tabernacle, uh, where the the tabernacle uh, sometimes at a large scale, sometimes at a smaller scale, is structured uh, in the pattern after the creation account, uh, and so. Uh, doing that, it connects where uh, the creation is sort of the the prototype. It's it's the it's the the standard. It came first, and the tabernacle is a picture, a microcosm of God dwelling with His people, uh, being present with them. But really, and so you have a lot of creation imagery drawn into the tabernacle. But then you also have some tabernacle temple imagery drawn into the creation, even though the creation is primary, uh, to show that the all of creation was to be God's holy dwelling place. Oh. And so uh, in all of heaven and earth, uh, his presence would be manifested. His vice regents, uh, humans, would rule and reign on his behalf, uh, that uh, they would bring... Uh, it manifests his presence, his provision, his blessing, his rule over all the earth, not just in the garden, but over all, all the earth and multiply and be fruitful and fill the earth. So the kingdom of God 
God's rule, God's universal reign would extend to all the earth. And the serpent comes along and and the Satan, the adversary uh, in the serpent, taking the form of a serpent, uh, he deceives the man and the woman so they listen to the creature rather than the creator. Uh, And so now he's he's trying to uh, make them rebel against God so he can seize authority and power uh, over uh, the earth himself. And so you end up kind of with two camps uh, throughout it. And Bob's mm-hmm. been talking about like two, two domains. Uh, and so uh, the creation, if you just read and, and sometimes people make this skeptical, well, really, you know, is that like, you know, tabernacle, temple stuff? Uh, go read through the Psalms uh, and he'll talk, and even uh, from, from Jesus and Solomon and such, uh, the, the temple can't contain him. <laughs> Uh, and that the uh, the earth is his footstool, the heavens are his throne. Uh, you, you have all this imagery of God as king uh, reigning, uh, enthroned in heaven, reigning over the earth. Yeah, yeah. King of the universe, huh? King of the world. Uh, and so... Yeah, so you have both creation imagery, but also tabernacle imagery drawn together as Jesus tabernacles among us. Here uh, it's showing that in Jesus and his ministry, part of it, John has choices to make in writing his gospel. You know, uh, some things aren't so important, you know, he has to leave some things off, and he even says that. You know, if, if everything was written, you know, the, the whole earth could continue. <laughs> a little hyperbolic maybe, but it, uh, it, it would have <laughs> you know, spilled a lot of ink. Uh, and so he has to uh, select certain things that are uh, important and such. And I think he shows that he was aware of the other Gospels uh, and that uh, he draws uh, various connections. But then Jesus' own ministry, John the Baptist... That's how John the Baptist came, you know, that, uh, these days, these sequence of days and such. And so sometimes John has certain choices and such, but it is also reflected this way in Jesus performing that miracle to draw attention to manifest his glory. He hmm. just performed a great creative act uh, in this six-day sequence, drawing back to creation. That's why John confesses, He's the eternal word. All things were created through him. It's showing he's, he's, the, he's the creator. Uh, and so uh, it's, it's to, to manifest, to reveal, and some of these things were partially concealed, but then revealed. Hmm. All right, so now as we go into this uh, Sabbath Passover feast, we'll have to move kind of quickly uh, because of limited time. But I think we'll also see further connections, obviously, uh, with the Torah. Uh, as some have said, uh, Rick Keener and others, he, he's, kind of, he's the Torah incarnate. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's the word. Uh, and bringing fulfillment to, uh, to all things. Uh, fulfilling all righteousness. Hmm. Uh, all, the, all that uh, was spoken by Moses and the prophets. And so... Uh, and so there are all these connections with the Torah and with the Passover, with the temple, the tabernacle, but then also this creation imagery where we'll see tabernacle, uh, temple imagery like in creation and such and, and vice versa, just even with the cherubim, you know, guarding, you know, they're guarding the, the way to the tree of life. Uh, they couldn't return. And uh, when they're cast out east, east, well, the entrance of the temple was to the east. The court was to the east. And then they're even cast out from the, uh, Cain's cast out even from the vicinity of the garden. East, east, away from God's presence. Uh, and so, all the way back to Genesis at the very beginning, here you see the, the darkness, the waters, a lot of times associated with, like the saying, the sun, the west, uh, the spirit of God. And then you read to the end of Exodus, now the Spirit of God fills the temple. 
uh, and their their uh, their their connections uh, with all of that, like within the uh, the the tabernacle, uh, is the basic structure and the, the holy of holies. And so Genesis, in a sense, kind of kind of begins with a uh, you could say the the holy uh, of holies. But looking at creation as a whole, uh, God's presence manifest. And so now we'll see connections also with the. I think as you go into the garden, uh, the animals, uh, and then even there even be allusions to the serpent, which uh, uh, connects to numbers. But some of these things also kind of connect back to there's imagery from like the garden and such uh, along the way. Didn't you say west was kind of where God generally says if they go west, that's towards God; east is away from God. Well, with, uh, definitely when you're uh, looking at the uh, the tabernacle and the temple uh, where you have the outer courtyard and then you go west uh, and you go into uh, the like the inner courtyard and west into the holy place, oh, west okay. into the holy of holies. So when looking uh, from the perspective of uh, kind of God's tabernacle, his temple, his dwelling place, uh, but... Uh, but you, you'd be want to be a little careful not to absolutize it. <laughs> so that, yeah. Where he left Egypt, didn't we go east? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. We go east, yeah. Well, actually, the Egyptians. Now the Egyptians, oh, we can't really get into that. But they they dwell on the east side of the Nile, uh, and they'd want to be buried on the east? Uh, the west side of the Nile. Uh, and then they look to actually uh, for for them to uh, to cross over uh, over like the seas uh, over like the abyss into the abode of the dead and such and so uh, they have kind of other things uh, t- tacked on there but they're they're certain uh, for us they're it was certain pro- going to the promised land but for them it was going away from their promised land yeah yep hmm. yep. But then they, they're pictured, you know, crossing over like the, they have to go over the, the Jordan. You know, well, we went we all stuff. kinds of directions after that. So, some, some, that's for another yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. And so oh, now let's, yeah. let's read through, uh, let's read through uh, from verse uh, 13. And so the uh, Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up. To Jerusalem, you know, Jerusalem is elevated above all. But you even have also you have pictures of yeah. God's temple, the garden. Ezekiel he talks about like his holy hill uh, and such, uh, elevated. And so the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Uh, in the temple, he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons, uh, and the money changers sitting there, and making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen, and he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. Uh, And he told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. Uh, His disciples remembered that it was written, a zeal for your house will consume me. Uh, And so here he's now casting them all out because instead of a house of worship, uh, instead of a place of prayer uh, to uh, where God manifests uh, his, his presence to his people, uh, to uh, serve him, to uh, come before him, uh, instead, uh, they have turned it into a marketplace, a place of commerce right on the Temple Mount. The creation instead of the creator. Yeah. And a, a number of uh, commentators just point out that if you look at like the other Gospels, Matthew and Luke and such, and uh, John doesn't uh, draw on all of that, but here on the, the Temple Mount, in like the court of the Gentiles, there's a barrier so they couldn't go into the actual uh, temple, temple area, but uh, they could stand the Temple Mount and pray and such. Uh, here it's supposed to be a house of prayer to all nations, you see like in Isaiah, uh, but you've made, it, you've made a robber's den. And so, uh, with with all the, the animals and uh, the ruckus and uh, the noise and uh, messes and selling and such, uh, it draws away from what uh, the temple was for. 
his disciples purpose. remembered that it was written yeah. for the house. Yeah. And it goes it on, says goes that on to say that, that, it, that yeah. uh, some of it goes on to say that some of these things they yeah. recognized kind of after the fact. They didn't have to write it on a big sign or anything. Yeah. They just remembered it and, from Scripture, from Psalms. Yeah, and so... Oh, I, let's see, I lost my place on this particular one. And so... Yeah, it says his disciples uh, remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me, uh, Psalm 69.10. Uh, and here it's a psalm where David bears reproach from his enemies and he cries out to God and he confesses that God, God knows his sin, uh, but uh, that uh, he didn't sin in, in, against his, uh, his enemies here. Uh, and so he calls out uh, for, uh, for God's uh, redemption and remembrance and even later it goes on to talk about I think the the city Jerusalem and the temple and service to God and here you have connections again and again with uh, Jesus as David's descendant uh, and kind of this uh, this Davidic theology these Davidic promises as the Davidic heir and the greater David uh, even says like in Jeremiah I will send my servant David <laughs> it's like, well, David's dead, you know, and so uh, here you have a descendant. Uh, they constantly make uh, connections uh, to to these things, to the life of David and to Jesus, uh, just providentially as God orchestrates all these events uh, in the life of Jesus. Uh, and so uh, his disciples remembered that it was written, a zeal for your house will consume me. And so sometimes even when you see like where it says it's fulfilled, it means it is completed, you know, this happened, came to pass. Uh, sometimes you'll have connections like with, uh, with David where what happened in the life of David, you now have uh, recurrence in Jesus' own life uh, in ministry uh, to, to draw their attention and to make connection uh, between uh, the two as the, the greater David. Uh, and so... Uh, verse 18, and notice casting out all the animals and such. And you think about the serpent that came along. He had all the animals that went before the man in the garden. And the serpent uh, came along to the woman. What should they have done? Not listen to him. Yeah, you know, either like Joseph uh, with, uh, with Potiphar's wife, and he refused. It says immediately, and he refused. God's word should have been. How could I do this thing and sin against word. God? How could I sin against God? They should have cast him out. Uh, they should have had him executed. They should have had him put to death. Anything but listen to the creature yeah. instead of the creator. And so Jesus comes in filled with zeal for his father's house, and we'll see. So here you have the, the earthly temple. He's the heavenly temple. I mean, he's the, he's the incarnate uh, temple. God is present in the Son. And so uh, he's jealous for his father's house, casting out uh, the animals and the money changers and uh, telling them, take these things out of here. Uh, and so uh, verse, uh, zeal for your house will consume me, verse 18. So the Jews said to him, what sign do you show us for doing these things? You know, give, give us a sign. And we already kind of saw a sign that his disciples saw. Uh, but what sign do you show us for doing these things? Uh, Jesus uh, answered uh, them. A lot of times when it talks about the Jews or G Judeans, a lot of times there might can maybe sometimes be a broader focus on the people, but a lot of times it's it's the, the leaders of the people uh, that John will use that term for. Uh, Jesus answered, uh, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Uh, the Jews then said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you will raise it up in three days? Just consternation. Uh, really? You're, you're going to raise this temple up? And uh, look, look at what, uh, what John says. Verse 21. But, but he was speaking about the temple of his body. The foreshadowing of the crucifixion. Yeah. And so concealing and revealing. Now they later heard these things 
He even says like they remembered uh, uh, that uh, he, had, he had spoken about uh, being raised up and the third day. And so they had guards posted. So they maybe later kind of catch on, but here they're thinking, he's just talking about the, uh, the, the, the physical temple uh, that had been under uh, renovation by, uh, by Herod, which uh, Josephus talks about too. Even when they catch up, they're thinking in worldly terms. Yeah, and so 46 years, he talks about three days here, but there are three Passovers in John. Three years later, ironically in God's providence, 49 years after the renovations of the temple, seven times seven, the, the fullness of time, uh, now uh, the ultimate temple is raised. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Tabernacle among us. You know, it's the, the tabernacle uh, sort, of, sort of imagery where the tabernacle is a dwelling place for, for God. And so he takes on this of this tabernacle, this earthly dwelling intent of human flesh, the God-man. And so, in the, the, John uh, shows that in the 49th year then, after these three Passovers, he's cut down and raised up. And even that is creation uh, tabernacle uh, imagery. And so, and you'll raise up in three days, but he was speaking about the temple of his body, when therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. So, now, uh, when therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus was spoken. And so you see Jesus' word, his testimony, his proclamation, but then you see the scriptures quoted uh, as well. And so some of these things, there's a concealing, you know, he could have said, you know, kill me, <laughs> you know, strike me dead, but he conceals it. And so there's, there's both concealing and revealing uh, that uh, only with uh, his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension uh, to the right hand uh, of God, of the, the Father in heaven, uh, only then he commissions his disciples, now go preach to all nations about the crucified, resurrected, ascended Lord. I was going to say, even though he revealed certain things to his disciples, it, I was noticing, you know, how God, he draws us to himself and he uses us, but he, you know, he even says with prayers, he says, pray in all things, but if you're praying and it's not answering, then you're praying with selfish motives or you're not seeking God's will. But I was just thinking about how he gifts not for us, but for his building up, even though that is, you know, for our benefit, mm -hmm. you know, as mm -hmm. believers in that. But it's just interesting how God, you know, he, he doesn't just all of a sudden gift someone and not have a purpose for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And every member of the body is placed in the body yeah. to serve. I mean, if, if, you're in the body if your feet are planted here on earth. Uh, you're here to uh, love and serve uh, your fellow believers until uh, Jesus returns uh, or until we die and go to be with him. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. So here, and you see this throughout John where we saw from the very start. Uh, and so all, all things were uh Created through him, uh, he came into the world, and the, and the world, you know, came into being uh, through him. Uh, but the world, they did not recognize him. He came to his own, his own did not receive him. So Gentiles don't recognize him. Uh, the Jewish people, by and large, uh, don't receive him. But only those who are born from God. Uh, and then, with the very first question. Uh, as it comes to John the Baptist, uh, here you have the religious leaders from Jerusalem send priests and Levites, and they're asking, who are you? <laughs> and so there, there's confusion uh, throughout uh, that, that runs uh, rampant. Uh, and uh, the more and more that you read and see these things, you see the hardness of hearts, uh, the unbelief, 
uh, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter uh, what he proclaims from the Father. It doesn't matter the word, uh, the works that he does, uh, the, the words that he speaks. It doesn't matter the signs and the miracles, the testimony of John the Baptist and uh, all of the others who testify of him. Uh, the, the twelve, his disciples, uh, the, the Samaritan woman. But uh, by nature, uh, people don't, they don't receive it uh, unless God removes the spiritual blinders, raises them from spiritual death to spiritual life. Uh, in this, now we ran out of time because we were reviewing, talked some other things, but that's okay. Uh, if you guys want, we can maybe do one more week uh, in the Gospel of John, and then we'll go back to, uh, to Genesis, and we'll finish up with, uh, with Nicodemus. We might be able to read a little bit uh, with the closing of John the Baptist afterward. Uh, but here it starts to go into this new section, uh, verse uh, 23. Uh, now, and so you see his, his disciples believed, uh, although it says, when therefore he was raised from the dead, uh, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture in the word that Jesus had spoken. Speaks in parables. Uh, now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, uh, many believed in his name. Uh, when they saw the signs that he was doing, uh, but Jesus on his part did not uh, entrust himself to them uh, because he knew all people uh, and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. And this is the word for uh, believe, uh, trusting, uh, it's the same word here uh, for uh, that they, they believed uh, and that, uh, he, but he did not entrust himself. Uh, and so there said, it said that they trusted, they believed on him, but he did not trust himself to them, you know, in trust, uh, we, we'd say. Hmm. And well, it says many believed in his name, but not everybody. Yeah. Hmm. And so a lot of times uh, John will say that they believed uh, when they saw the signs that he was doing. Uh, and that's part of it, but sometimes they don't believe his words. Yeah, not from the spiritual rebirth. Yep. And they don't believe the, the scriptures and uh, the testimony of John the Baptist. And so, like so the, the there's, there's, a bare, there's a bare mental assent and acknowledgement. He's doing these great signs and wonders. Who can deny it? But there, there's not... Uh, this isn't a faith uh, that yeah they don't recognize comes scripture with repentance. Right in front of them. Yeah, like the other day I was tuning a piano for our Jewish sister, mm -hmm. and uh, I sit, talked to her about Sar Shalom. I said, "Jews that believe in Christ," and she said, "There's no such thing." And I said, "What do you think <laughs> the Book of Isaiah is about?" She said, "Oh God." What? Well, I, I didn't say anything past that, but we, on that we agreed. Yeah. What about the New Testament? <laughs> all, the, all the authors. But I mean, she believes in God, but she doesn't realize Christ is God. All, all, the, all the authors were, uh, were Jewish. Even probably Luke was, uh, he, he was likely uh, Jewish as well. Uh, and so, um, but you, you can also have uh, like proselytes and such too. Uh, so yeah, I mean, what do you do well, with We the, the keep coming back to this issue of pedigree. Yep. You know, it doesn't matter. So we'll see with Nicodemus now. You know, it says that he wasn't entrusting himself. We'll see. So it is with Nicodemus at this point. <laughs> but there's going to be a progression as you continue to read the gospel that Nicodemus is later going to come to faith. You see him with uh, Joseph of Arimathea. Okay, it comes into the light and uh, to yeah. ask for his body. So let's uh, close with prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for the testimony of uh, your Apostle John, uh, the testimony of your Apostles and Prophets and John the Baptist, and uh, above all for your Son. Uh, we uh, thank you uh, that you have sent him into the world, uh, that uh, he has uh, tabernacled and dwelt uh, among us, uh, your eternal Son, the eternal Word, uh, through whom uh, you created all things and apart from whom uh, you created nothing. And uh, he's uh, dwelt with you uh, 
your bosom uh, beside you for all eternity uh, in uh, perfect uh, harmony. And so uh, we thank you and uh, praise you uh, for your son. And uh, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you'd come again soon and that we would be uh, ready and waiting and uh, that our trust and hope and confidence would be only uh, in you. Amen. Amen.